All right, welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacking here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Crins. Travis, how are you doing? We got our first show of the season. Mm-hmm. I said that last week, but we got to Mystic. We got around three or four inches. So it'll be nice uh, here this weekend. Be about 50, so it'll melt mm-hmm. here this week. But uh, we got our first three to four inches. Yeah, all our snow is all—all all of our snow is almost melted, which is good because I have to go pick up more leaves. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we did that as it was snowing very lightly on Saturday afternoon. We did the leaves. Thank God. We got those done here for the most part. I'm sure we'll have to do it maybe one more time. Mm-hmm. But the snow was flying there Saturday. We were doing the leaves and getting those out of here. So that was good. Do you rake it and then put it into a bag, or do you do leaf vac? What do you do? Yeah, I did a leaf vac. That was good. I haven't done that before we did that, so I mulched them up a little bit. Probably took longer. I know it took longer, but probably saved some room. We had like maybe a dozen bags, and at least this, I would have been a lot more than a dozen bags if we would just put it all into uh, into the bags to begin with instead of chopping it up a bit. Sure. I have I have a leaf vac as well. I'm still trying to get the hang of it. It is a little, uh, takes a little bit of time, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get it figured out here. Uh, okay. Now, just you know, we had a. Uh, you know, there we go. Sorry, uh, Brophy was a guest on the podcast, and now he wants to leave. Of course, so there we go. All right. Um. Oh yeah, screw him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to start today uh, this week, Crins, because let's just start with the World Series. Uh, game. I don't know all That's important. Game four, incredible game. Uh, back and forth. Tampa Bay wins in the bottom of the ninth, scores two runs with two outs. Randy Arozarena stumbled coming around home, but the ball got past the catcher, and he ended up sliding in safe. So Tampa Bay wins 8-7. to seven. In the immediate aftermath of that, and even on Sunday, people are talking about this as one of the greatest World Series games, if not the greatest of all time. So I'm going to ask you, Krenz, where does this rank in terms of the best games, World Series games that you have seen, and if you want a place in the in for the history of the World Series, please go ahead. Sure. I didn't see a whole lot of it. I did see the ninth inning, thank God. I did see the end of it live, so I was happy about that. Not a lot of home runs, a lot of back and forth, and he had a great finish with that. So that was good. Um, I like, I don't know, greatest ever, it's not the greatest ever. But uh, it was pretty good. Like, you got to put the Twins. Like, today, as we speak, today is the uh, Game 7 of the 91 World Series. Yep. Twins, that was the uh, anniversary of this, what, 29 years ago? Yep. Today. So I'd probably put that above that one. So that was Game 7. One nothing and all that that happened there. Uh, best World Series game I've ever seen was uh, Game 5 between Houston and the Dodgers of the 2017. Mm-hmm. So I was 18, that was uh, game five. I don't like extra innings, and I was like 13 to 12. That's the best World Series game I've ever seen. So this one was not that. Uh, I really didn't see much of the... Another game that happened uh, around this time was what game, whatever it was, game five between Texas and the Cardinals. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yep. People like that game. It was like uh, two outs and ninth inning and all that, and uh, Nelson Cruz must up in right field, and... <laughs> Cardinals and kind of winning that one. So that was another 
one. So this is not, I wouldn't put this in the, there's been a lot of World Series games. This is not top five. This is not top ten, probably. But, uh, yeah, it was a good finish. Crazy finish, something I really haven't seen. Crazy finish. And um, there was one metric you like win probability. And um, as far as the dramatic shifts in win probability, mm-hmm. I saw a list uh, on that a couple of days ago. And I don't know if this team was aiming that one or not, but... I, I would not put a top five or top ten, but uh, it was it was a great finish and a great little game. Uh, I mean, by the time we get the 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 people listening to this podcast, the World Series will be done. So as it stands right now, uh, the Dodgers lead three to two. Uh, they have a chance to close it out here, recording on Tuesday. Um, where would you? What stood out to you most about this World Series thus far? I mean, it, it is impressive that the Rays, I think, have won two games. Uh, but what what has really caught your attention most so far in this World Series? Well, the Dodgers continue to mess up. Okay. <laughs> they should have won. They should have won Game Four, and the series should have been over in five. But uh, couldn't quite close it out. And you saw Dave Roberts' reaction, like, "God damn it, here we go again, man! It's all wrapped up. Here we go again." I don't. <clears throat> I give the pitching edge tonight uh, to the to the Rays. They've got Blake Snell and the Badgers have Tony Johnson, and he's been pretty good, but not so much in the playoffs, so maybe we get a Game 7. I really like that. I really don't yeah. care who wins, but I like a Game 7. Absolutely. We all do. Uh, anyway, that'd be great. But, um, like the Dodgers, I mean, they, they got to win this thing. They've got all the pressure is on them. They have got to win this World Series, and they're right here, and they've got two shots to do it, so... We'll see if they close it uh, down tonight. And another thing that sticks out is Tampa. Like, nobody knows who these guys are, but they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randy Rosarena, he's uh, the guy in the postseason thus far. Yep. So there's a bunch of guys nobody's ever heard of, but they just keep on winning. Nick Anderson apparently is a pitcher from Crosby, Minnesota. He lives in Brainerd, Minnesota. It's an hour north of St. Cloud. That's very cool. Um so, yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's cool. Have him a couple years ago. The Twins did. They never even had him in the majors, and he's like now one of the best relievers in baseball. So nice, uh, nice job there, Twins. Yeah, not uh, not good, but that's what Tampa Bay does. Like we we shouldn't be surprised by this. They take everyone's um, scrap heap, you know, for for lack of a better term, and just. To spin it in the goal. It's not like these, these guys are bad either. It's like, there's this Anderson guy, you know, he was in the minors with the Twins a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he, like, put up really good numbers. Yep. And, you know, like, double A, triple A, like, why would he not get a shot? And then he makes the, uh, he was with the Marlins last year, and he did great. I was with Tampa, and he's doing great. Like, well, geez, this guy seemed like a, say, a no-brainer, but seemed like a pretty obvious choice to say, yeah, you should maybe get a shot. And he hasn't gotten a shot, he's the next one. So, and we got a lot of a lot of guys that uh, that perform well. If the Dodgers don't win the World Series, what does that do to Clayton Kershaw? Because he's played, he's pitched very well so far in the World Series. Now, granted, he's made it what like maybe to the sixth inning uh, in both both games, and they they took him out. But he pitched really well. So, does regardless of what happens in the World Series, does it change? the perception of Clayton Kershaw because he's pitched so well against the Rays? 
This is probably his best postseason. I saw some numbers a couple days ago. This is probably the best playoffs he's ever had. Mm-hmm. One of the games was against Milwaukee, who wasn't a playoff team, but he got to count it, I guess. So, like he pitched well the other night. Like if they lose again, we just keep on saying the same things about him. But if they win, then a lot of that goes away. I think that goes away. I don't know if it'll go away forever, but it'll it'll go away a little bit and enjoy nothing that he did because they end up winning the series and he pitched well in, in a game or two. I thought people the other night when they took him out after like five and two thirds and he just got a couple outs on two pitches and I don't know if I would even put him out there for the fifth inning, but they did and it worked out. It's like five, six innings, that's it for him. Like don't, when all these problems happen, it seems like it's in the sixth or seventh inning. And there were a couple people on Twitter that were like, why are you pulling them? I'm like, have you seen the baseball game mm-hmm. with the Dodgers? And this guy pitched the last 10 years. He's rolling along, four or five innings. And after that, something happens. He gives up a couple runs. Does, so that, like, t- does that take away the... Got, Sorry, go ahead. And it's like, go five innings, six innings. Maybe he can pitch in game seven, uh, two days rest if they need him tomorrow, if that happens. But he pitched very well. Yeah, he pitched well and they won the game. And he's been good. So, but that, that's like he's just not pitched well. It seems like in the later innings, I mean, maybe he should have been pulled. Does it at any Does it take away though from the fact of his greatness that he can't go further in the games? I mean, I know baseball has changed so much over the last few years, and you know, uh, you know, starting pitchers don't go seven, eight, nine innings very often, if at all. Um, you know, they they just say go to six or five or six, and then we'll turn it over to the bullpen. It's become much more of a bullpen game, a shortened game, a shorter game, but you it, it expands. It's it's longer now in terms of time, uh, just with all the the pitching changes. But does this take away from his greatness at all? The fact that he isn't pitching more than five, maybe six innings. I don't think so because I'd rather have him pitch five innings and give up a run or two rather than pitch seven innings and give up like five runs. Okay. Okay. So I'd rather do that. I think his legacy is hurt. I think they'll win the World Series and his legacy will be what it is. And he's past his prime now, but he's still really good. Mm-hmm. And he's been the best pitcher the last 20 years, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. But, like, you would, like, obviously he's playing the best team in the playoffs, but you would expect him to be better than he has been. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, this has been his best best playoffs this year so and if they win it then that then that uh, thing about him in the playoffs will go away even though he, he still struggles at times it's almost like that'll go away yeah you know if, if they win it's almost like uh, the Steve Young monkey off of the off of his back when right. uh, when Young won the Super Bowl with the 49ers against the Chargers back in what 1995 um, th- this would be similar I think for, for Clayton uh, Kershaw in that regard. They do have Walker Bueller. He's great. So I think that I agree. I think the Dodgers win. I am impressed though that the, the Rays have won two games, but ultimately I think the Dodgers are just too talented of a team. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the uh, early game action on Sunday in the NFL, but the games that we got in that early window, I don't remember a Sunday like it, Krenz, with all the back and forth and the, the great finishes, uh, Pittsburgh-Tennessee was a great finish, not necessarily a great game. Atlanta-Detroit, great finish, not necessarily a great game. 
Bengals-Browns, that was the game of the day. Great game. Uh, I don't recall, you know, just the back-and-forth nature that we saw with these games as much as I have in the past. I didn't really see much of anything. You need to get Red Zone. I tell you what, Red Zone will change uh, change your yeah. NFL viewing habits. It was nice not to watch the Vikings embarrass themselves, though. No, like I've seen uh, Red Zone a few times. Like, I just don't care enough about the games for that. Mm-hmm. Red Zone is a thing. Uh, when your team's not playing, you can put that on, but I just don't care enough about whatever happened to, to even watch it. I saw... I don't know what game we got, but I saw it was like... Uh, and that Detroit game and whatever the penalty was or something happened at the end of that I'm like oh Detroit's gonna win and then the Falcons lose again and uh, I know a little pick thing I picked uh, I picked Atlanta minus one so that didn't work out well I mean so did you see Todd Gurley accidentally uh, score the touchdown because remember a few years back fantasy wise he um, he had a walk in touchdown and he took a knee to just end the game essentially for the Rams and fantasy owners were all ticked about this and stuff and here he is at the center well it looks like he, he just can't keep his momentum out of the end zone uh, and if he, if he did the Falcons would have kicked would have just taken the, the the clock down to, to one they kick a, a 19 yard field goal they win 17-16 you would have won with the minus one instead it's Todd Gurley's fault uh I mean, the Falcons just invent ways to lose. I don't remember a team that has found ways to lose as many games the way the Falcons have this year. It's incredible. The same thing with Indiana and Penn State. Yeah, they let that one go because anything. I do you think that do you think uh, the Indiana quarterback got in? Because I don't think so. I do not think he got in on that two point conversion. I think he got in. I think the ball hit the pylon before he was down. I think. But wasn't didn't the ball hit out of bounds first, or hit the um, hit the ground before the pylon? That's what it looks like to me. I gotta watch it again. Like from what I from what I remember, I saw maybe it hit the uh, the ground, but it also hit the pylon. I don't know. It's close. They call it on the field a touchdown, right? Uh, yeah. They it was a two point conversion. And they said yes, it was a conversion. This, this goes back to my thing of why call it anything. They say, okay, something happened here. This is because, again, again, this goes back to my thing of you don't know. We don't even know on the replay. The replay is inconclusive, so how the hell are we going to call it live? So what's the point of saying he got in or he didn't when it's physically impossible to say so? And when you say one of those things, then whatever you say, which is just a guess on the official's part, that has to ring true when you watch the replay. Mm-hmm. And the replay didn't conclude. So this is stupid. I'm never going to change it. But um, look like Indiana played terribly, but they somehow won this game. And that's that's a great point that that you made because it's the call on the field. And if you can't, if it's inconclusive evidence as to you know, to overturn it, you're going to stay with the call on the field. So yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, Rutgers for seven turnovers against Michigan State and one. Uh, Minnesota sucked. It was nice not watching the Vikings get embarrassed on Sunday, but they're going to get embarrassed this week against Green Bay. They trade Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe to Baltimore, so they lose out on a high second-round pick, but they do get a third-rounder. It'll most likely be a low one. They do get a fifth-round pick, could be a fourth. Um, it's a loss for the Vikings, no doubt about it, but 
uh, to gain a little more draft capital and in hopes of making your way up to, to get either Fields, who looked great last week, or uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, that would that'd be big. Uh, Wisconsin's got a freshman quarterback who's now tested positive for COVID, but Graham Mertz, I don't know if you saw any of this Friday night, he looked excellent. Five touchdowns. He was 20 of 21, completed his first 17 passes. Unreal. I forget who they played, but I assume it wasn't anybody good. Illinois. Terrible team. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah. Well, he's now one of their fourth-string quarterbacks now? Yes. Yep. Not good. It's so, very funny. Yeah, they're, they're a week into their season, and they've lost their top three quarterbacks, it sounds like. So, that's, uh, that's football for you. It is. It's football in 2020. Uh, so, there we go with that. Um... Have you? Do you want? Uh, do you have any messages? Any trash talk that I should send to uh, oh. pass along to my wife? To your wife? Well, you play her this week. Yeah, we're well, Lamar Jackson. He back, so that's good. I guess for her. No, okay. no, uh, she is. Devontae. She is Kyler Murray. She got Kyler Murray. You know Kyler Murray. I'm looking at somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Kyler Murray. He can be up and down. Um. My quarterbacks don't get anymore, so uh, with Devontae Adams, I'm looking for a big day for Mr. Adams again against a not very good team that he plays this week, so looking for maybe 150 yards and maybe three touchdowns from him. I lost in my other league by three points because Houston Mm -hmm. can't tackle Devontae Adams. He got 44.9 points in that league. I lose by three. That's a That was a... A good healthy... Yeah, it's not good. I play, so yeah, you play Kelsey this week. I play my mom, so uh, uh, there's going to be some. When do we play? We got to be playing pretty soon. I think we don't. uh, No, we haven't played. I feel like we played the last week of the season. We do. The final week. uh, Week 14. Uh, We got a a week division this year. We got a week division where maybe there's a wild card team that gets left out. And a uh, division winner that's uh, or a wild card team that maybe is better than a division winner. Yeah, so, th- that would be that would be my division. It's it's very bad. So I wish I was in that division. I'm, uh, I'm at third place right now, but I'm fifth overall. So yep, two games back, and I'm only two out of first place. So that it there's I can make a charge. Keep on winning. Yep. You could win your. You could. I could finish with a better record than you, but you might win your division and get it. Yeah, just call me. Call it the NFC East. <laughs> I gotta keep on winning here. I, I hope. Yeah, this division is bad. Philadelphia, at least they won their game. That was a struggle. It appeared they shouldn't have won. They, the Giants should have won that game. I mean, I would still say Philadelphia wins the division. I don't think it's gonna be the Giants. Really, I can beat Dallas. Yeah, they might be the worst team in football right now. Mm-hmm. I give them the Jets to run for the money, and uh, Washington just kind of there. So I don't know. That's. So what do we got here? This is going to be, what are they going to be? They're going to be a, what this little playoff thing, what's, what are going to be, a four seed? A four seed, yep. They will host a playoff game. So they would host a playoff game against the uh, 2.7. It would be 4-5. So they'd be. Four play, be so they'd play the best wild card team. Yep. That wow. would likely, wow. yeah. Likely be the the Rams, probably maybe the Saints, um, maybe the Cardinals. That would be that would be good. Um, are you, right? Sunday night. Sunday night was entertaining. Oh, it was Arizona. a great game. Great, great game. 
great game. I'm so glad the Cardinals won. I am all aboard the Kyler Murray bandwagon. Uh, it's playing well. Had a kind of a big upset there. So apparently, uh, the, the primetime games this next week, week and a half, are not good. No, they are not. Thursday, Monday. How was? How do they keep Dallas and Philadelphia in there? It's like they got a. You know, I mean, they, they changed out the Raiders because of the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And just do that. Just do that. If you got something like this, do that. So bad. Well, so I think CBS protected. No the thing is, there's no fans or minimal fans at these games. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to screw 60,000 people out of coming to this game because they thought it was at 7.30 and now it's at noon or 3.30. Mm-hmm. And there's no fans at these games. You can put these games whenever you want. Yeah. I, I must admit, I well, I... I've said this from the get-go, that without fans there, it is a little difficult to watch. And it changes how everything kind of shakes out and plays out, I think, with with teams and stuff. Um, I get, I, again, I would guarantee that the Vikings have at least one home win, if not two, um, against the Titans and the Falcons if they had fans in the stands. Um, and I'm guaranteed... I, I, I would almost be willing to bet the house that CBS protected Pittsburgh Baltimore, that the NFL said, hey, we want to move this game to Sunday night, and CBS has said, uh, hell, you will, and... Did they move it to 3.30? No, noon. Oh, noon, they moved it from... Did they move it today, though, to 3.30, or what? No, they moved no, that's a, a, a Pittsburgh's, a Cincinnati-Pittsburgh has been moved from noon to 3.25, uh, week 10. But, you gotta, I mean, pick any game you want. There's got to be a better game this week out there than Dallas Philadelphia. Oh, we could do San Francisco Seattle again. I mean, Seattle uh, Sunday night football well, just there, what, three times already. Yeah, I mean I, Sunday I night football just better have the Seahawks on every week because they just give great no. games. But looking at the schedule, there's really no game you would want to replace it with other than. Ravens Steelers, maybe Rams Dolphins, you know, get Tua's debut. Sure. That would, yeah, that's a that's hundred times better than whatever the hell they're doing now. Yeah. Uh, plus you get the Rams, so that would be good. That's a certainly a possibility. Maybe the Raiders and the Browns, that could that would be far more entertaining than Philadelphia Dallas. Yes. Uh Patriots Bills, yeah, probably not. Um Sure. Are you gonna take the Chiefs in the nineteen and a half points against the Jets? Is that what it is that they play this week? Yes, they do. It's night. Uh, Chiefs are favored by nineteen and a half right now. I gotta think that number will increase. Whenever it's big like that, I always take the points because that's a ridiculous number of points. I know, I know, but this is a ridiculously terrible really team. <laughs> Where's it at? Is it is it in Kansas City or? It is. It, it's in Kansas City. Oh, fool. that's a lot of points, but they're really bad. Well, I'm sure everybody will be uh, taking Kansas City. It's like, God damn, they're so bad, though. Yeah. Like, I'll always take, I guess I'll take the Jets. 19 points, I mean, God damn. They can't <laughs> score. They had four total uh, yards of offense in the second half against Buffalo on Sunday. Four yards, not on one drive, in the entire half. It's not a lot. No. Probably more than that to win the game. They only, well, they only lost by eight. So I'll take I'll take the 19, 19 and a half to twenty twenty one whatever it ends up being. I'll take that. Assuming they score seven points, ten points, hopefully they can keep uh, 
Pete Mahomes around 30. That's tough, though. Um, I'm, I'm taking. I'll take, I'll take the Jets for like. I'm minutes. taking the Chiefs and I'm giving the points. I will. The Chiefs are going to win by more than 19 and a half. Right? You give the points. If, I, I assume. I assume they covered whatever it was against Buffalo last week. I assume it was more than eight. Um. Oh boy. Uh, let, right around seven, eight, ten. Yeah. Let Let me see here. I have. I don't think I got that one right. In my. Can I? With all those games, how close they were. I mean, all the point spreads were close. I think I saw a stat where teams that are favored at home by two and a half points or less are only three and sixteen. Like this season covering the spread. Well, that's because they're bad. It's it's one of those years where the home field advantage just doesn't matter. So teams that are pretty even at home, minus two and a half at home, they are. They lost almost all their games. So the Bills did not cover against the Jets on Sunday. The the Bills were the Jet the the Jets were getting twelve and a half, um, and they only lost by eight. I'll take the nineteen or whatever. I'll take it. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck to you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, very entertaining game Sunday night between Seattle and Arizona. DK Metcalf chasing Buda Baker down is the play of the year. Um, it was just just incredible. But uh, yeah, I, there's a chance that the entire NFC West makes the playoffs this year, and I think it's I think it's a greater than fifty percent chance that it'll happen. Yeah, Bears laid it or that didn't lay an egg. Bears were just the Bears, so. I hope that happens. I don't want to see the Bears in there. I don't either. The I, don't, I don't want the Saints. What the Saints. That, that's pretty much it. There's no one from the East. I mean, yeah, you would need no other wild cards from any other division, right? Mm-hmm. Saints will probably get in, but like Tampa is probably the favorite right now, the way they beat Green Bay. Yep. So, and Seattle. No, Seattle, Tampa, Green Bay. I don't think they're great teams, but uh, maybe entertaining. They got all those of the three teams out. So, and Tampa Bay. Be, uh, any combination of those three in a championship game should be okay. Uh, Tampa Bay signs Antonio Brown, so we like them a little bit less now because you're just giving this asshole uh, another team another chance. So that's not good. Um, as long as you're really good at football, you can do a lot of things. As long as you don't murder somebody. Um, as long as you don't take a knee, you're good. As long as you don't take a knee or kill somebody and you're really good at doing the football thing, uh, you'll have a job for a long time. So, mm-hmm. so fuck Tampa Bay. Um, boy, that's pretty much it there. Uh, no real NBA news to talk about. I guess uh, LeBron, uh, Danny Green mentioned something about LeBron and maybe some stars sitting out the start of the season if it's before Christmas. Do you agree that the Jesus NBA, do you think the NBA should start before Christmas? That'd be fine. I think NBA should probably start Christmas. Christmas Day would be a nice start. January first, somewhere around there. Be two months after they uh, got done. Two months in change. What is today? October or something? Twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. When they get done? Two weeks ago or so. Yep. Yeah, two weeks. So October 13th, you got two and a half months. You got training camp maybe a couple weeks before that. You didn't, you didn't, I mean, you didn't play a lot of games. Uh, you, you had some days off. I, I don't know. It's, I feel like you should be able to play 
He didn't play for a long time during the season. He had a long break, and then he played a few games in the playoffs. Um, I feel like I'm sure they can play. They won't take time off. It's fine, but I feel like it's fine to play Christmas Day and start the season. And play like a seventy-two game schedule. I think the Olympics may be in doubt next year for NBA players. I think I'm not. Yeah, they, they can skip that. They yep. can skip that. Yep. Like at this point, we should not be sending anybody to the Olympics because uh-huh. we haven't figured out anything with this virus at all. And I don't know. That's the Olympics. How we're going to compete in that? I have no idea. But there probably will be. I think you just need to go back to like old school Olympics. You like you don't need the team sports. You don't need the baseball, the the softball, the soccer, the the uh, the basketball. Just do like the normal stuff. Just do the swimming. Do the archery. Do the shooting. Like non. You know, if you want to do field hockey, I guess that's fine. I like team ball. Uh, if you can't do that, if it's just individual sports this year, I guess I'm I'm. I'd be okay with that. Or just the non, like, big, you know, like I say, I don't need baseball. I don't need golf. I don't need any of that. Just the just the unique sports that makes the Olympics so great. I still don't know why basketball is in the Summer Olympics, but whatever. <laughs> um, hockey is canceled. The 2021 uh, Winter Classic that was set to take place at Target Field in Minneapolis. So that's a bummer. They are not doing the All-Star Game next year. It's That's not a real shocker considering they aren't going to start their season until probably January or February. So we'll see what happens there. Um, college basketball, ESPN canceled eight tournaments in Orlando. Uh, that that had been moved to Orlando, like the you know from the Bahamas, you know at Atlantis, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, uh, anywhere here they canceled them because of testing stuff. So now college basketball is kind of scrambling. It's like you, you canceled it more than two months in it, or more than a month, month and a half in advance. That seems a little um, seems a little strange from ESPN's part because that would be an enormous amount of money you could probably make with people watching college basketball. I get the testing logistics of it, though, so that does make a bit of sense, but now college basketball is kind of scrambling, and it's almost as if this the season is already off to a rocky start, and we don't know if it's going to even happen. I had uh, what, some only preseason poll released yesterday, I think, a couple days ago yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, no surprises there. No. No. Uh, the uh, the tickets I think for the, uh, the battle for Atlantis, which I'll just keep on calling it. Tickets for that are like seventy seven bucks, I think. Oh, that's a good so, deal. Good deal. So I mean, considering like you got Marcus and I went to Minnesota, Oklahoma State, maybe six years ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. Two awful teams in an awful game. Tickets are like fifty bucks. I would say, you know, 77 to see Ohio State, whoever the hell else, is not terrible. No, no, it is not. And it should be a very good um, good game. I'm a little surprised that SDSU doesn't have a schedule yet. I know that they've announced this, that the Summit League has announced opponents, but not even like a non-conference. I'm sure they're working it out. Uh, They do have a, uh, I think they're playing in Kansas State in the uh, little Big Apple um, uh, tournament. I think they're playing like Drake in uh, Colorado or something like that. So that's uh, that's good. Um, 
looking forward to that. But there's nothing else, which is which is bizarre. And we are still working on the division, but uh, I've I'm deciding to morph. I, I out of the uh, one of the regions, I have consolidated a conference. Uh, we're gonna morph it into to two. So the the conferences will be. I'll be unveiling this here in the coming weeks. Uh, leading up to college basketball, but a, a, a way for college basketball to just kind of regionalize themselves this year, playing a, a regional bubbles ahead of uh, Selection Sunday, I think would be a very good idea. Hey, there's no reason why the Summer League conference schedule shouldn't be out already. Like, we know what's going to happen. You know what format they want to use with playing, you know, back-to-back days in one place. Okay, we know that. I mean, make a schedule. Mm-hmm. Now, this has been what, a couple weeks since they announced this. Like, this should not be all that difficult, and we're out. No. But are you can are you at all concerned with what just happened with the announcement with ESPN and stuff that uh, that college basketball might not be as able as they were thinking to get their season going? I mean, they'll get those conference games. They're all non-conference, whatever. But that means they'll get whatever conference games they can get in. I think it'll be a lot like football, where they decided to go through it, and most of their games are going to be conference games, and they'll go from there, I think. Okay. I think that'll be it. Hopefully we get some non-conference games, because uh, that would be great. But it'll just be nice to get college basketball back on. Um I mean, we're kind of at a standstill when it comes to sports here. Do you have anything else you would like uh, to talk about from the world of sports, college football-wise? Well, and... Yeah, no, a whole lot going on. We're kind of middle of the football season, middle of college football. You know, just end of the baseball. There's not a whole lot, whole lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. We should be getting any for college basketball, but that's not happening. So, not yet. Month away. Uh, month out. Are we doing a show before the big day next week? Or are we going to do one after? Are we going to do one Monday before? Before what? Oh, oh, yeah. The, big, the um, yeah. biggest day of yeah. our lives yeah. next week. That's what. Yeah, uh, prob- probably Monday. Probably Monday before the... I think they're looking good right now. I think Biden's going to win by, by a good margin, but... I don't know the polls. Oh, yeah. keep, the poll, the lead shrinks, Krenz. It has shrunk over the last week, week and a half or so. Uh, it's still decent, but um, I'm not going to predict anything. I'm not going to say anything uh, in terms of jinxing it or anything like that until uh, the final results come through or the the guaranteed results uh, come through that we can declare a winner. Because I've seen this story before. I've seen it been written. I ain't, I ain't making any predictions, especially in a year like 2020. Well, a lot of people are nervous, and I'm nervous, but I think I'm going to enter my prediction, which will be the same next week. Well, I think he's going to lose. He's going to lose by a lot. And some people say, oh, it's going to take maybe days or weeks to find out the winner. I think we'll know who the winner is on election night. I, th- I think people have just got to be fed up with this. Early voting has been insane. Mm-hmm. Good. Did you early yeah. vote? Did South Dakota, did South yeah South Dakota Ken early vote? Right? Have you done that, or are you yep, just going to go voted, to the? Okay. I voted a week ago today. I was uh, what Tuesday. Went, I was going to Harrisburg for volleyball. Stopped by uh, the courthouse there in Sioux Falls, and I voted. So okay. I did that last week Tuesday. 
so two weeks ahead. So I did that. Um, happy about that. So I think he's going to lose, and I think he's going to lose big. Uh, 2018 was a good election for the Democrats. I, we we got to be done with this. We got to be done with this. Because if it's not, then we're done. Mm-hmm. We can't take four. We can't take another year of this, let alone four more. Mm-hmm. And Biden's got a lead in all the states he needs leads in, and even if he doesn't win all of those, he's still... Trump's got to get a couple of upsets like he did last time. But. Yep. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, Hillary had the lead in the states in 2016. That's why I say, like, we've seen this story before. We know how yeah, it... I think, we, I, yeah, I think Biden's ahead by more than Hillary was. I, I just yes. can't... Yep, he I, is. I, didn't, I didn't think she'd lose, and she did, and it was a weird deal. I just don't see how Trump wins this time. He's... He's behind my board. He's he's worse. People know what it is now, mm-hmm. and I, nobody in the right line would say, "Yep, I want him." There's gonna be a lot of people that vote for him, but I think he's gonna lose by probably eight to ten million votes. Yeah, I th- I think it's. I think a couple of things here. One, as you mentioned, you've seen what's gone on the last four years, and I think that'll motivate more people to go out and vote. I think people didn't want to go out and vote last time because they didn't like Hillary, and they thought that she was going to be a slam dunk, surefire win. Like, how could she possibly lose? So my vote doesn't matter. Well, I think we've. What we understand now is that your vote counts. Your vote matters, regardless of what happens. If they win, if you're uh, don't win in the, your county that you live in, the state, whatever. Your vote matters. Voting in this country matters. And let me just take this moment here. You live in the, regardless of who you're voting for, you, you live in the, the United States of America, a, a country where we are privileged to be able to vote in free elections, where it's not fixed like you see in so many other countries or like, you know, uh, like Russia trying to poison uh, Vladimir Putin, trying to poison his candidate and stuff. And, you know, it's not any of these communist regime countries and stuff. We have this ability to elect our leaders. And it, the, the fact that we get such a low voter turnout is deplorable. And it's encouraging to see how many people have voted early, and I'm sure that's in large part because of the pandemic. But it is encouraging that people say that this could be the highest voter turnout since the turn of the set, like since 1905, like over 100 years. That's great news. So whoever you vote for, whether you vote red, whether you vote blue, uh, also don't vote in your your cat or, uh, you know, any like... um, God, uh, the, the, who, who's uh, the Kardashian uh, married to? Why Kanye West? Don't, 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 don't do stupid shit with your vote. Like, if you're gonna do that, then don't vote. I'd rather have you not vote than putting in dead people or a cat or something. Take this seriously. Go vote. Exercise your right as an American citizen, as a U.S. citizen, to vote. Make your voice heard, but do it responsibly and don't be stupid about it. Like. It, it just again, whoever you vote for, whoever you want to, to, to choose for the candidate, that's fine. We prefer one over the other. You probably prefer the opposite. That's fine. You can vote a different way on the party, but just go out and vote. That's the big thing. Go out and vote. Yeah. Thing about it is, if, if any, oh, you went out already. What? And like, if anybody votes for Trump, like, I just can't be that person as a good person. 
I just can't. Mm-hmm. But you were without morals if you vote for him. That's how bad he is, and that somebody would vote for him and support him. That's how bad it is. So that's how I view it. Yeah. We'll talk about it one, 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 one more time. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think the one is big, and we're gonna put this behind us hopefully and, and get something going here. But it's, it's not been good. And Tuesday, Tuesday is a big day, and uh, very much, very much looking forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm consider uh, it'll be a very long night. Um, watch it. What is your um, what is your channel that you will be watching? I'll ask you this next week too. But uh, think about which channel you you watch. I'll go probably between MSNBC and CNN. Okay. Um, like ABC, I never watch ABC. Uh, NBC, I'm watching MSNBC, so whatever. CBS, I'm going to check in. I'll maybe bop around every once in a while to see what they're saying or if they've got any new information or different information there. So, uh, probably, probably a CNN and MSNBC. Okay. I, I think I will... I will go CNN. I like their... <laughs> I like the layout. I like the touch screen and stuff with, uh, who is it, David King? Is that who it is, I think? Um, John, 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 John King. King. John King. Yep, sorry, not David. John. Um, just shock that one up again, 2020. Um, just another name you got wrong. But I, I do Steve like... Steve Kornacki. Steve Kornacki. Yep. <laughs> On MSNBC, he's their screen guy. He does a good job. So. Okay. I, I'm, I just don't think, just thinking about it, I don't know if there'll be a single state where Trump does better this year than he did last time. Mm. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine that there there might be a couple. We'll see what happens, but I just can't imagine a single state in which he his numbers will be better this year than they were last time. I'll tell you what. Let's next week here. We'll, we'll kind of break. Wait, one thing too. I, I I think I've been thinking about this for a while. I think we need to rebrand the podcast name, um, uh, because we do talk weather and politics and other headlines and news and stuff going on. So it's not just the sports block. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about renaming this here. But I, like next week, here heads up, folks. We're gonna be talking a lot about politics next week and kind of looking at some of these races so let's plan on that uh we'll touch on we'll touch on the world series we'll touch on um on college football or you know the nfl we'll talk we'll touch on how bad the vikings get smoked in minnesota or in green bay and we'll talk about if the chiefs were able to cover against the jets but next week i think we'll we'll probably spend a good chunk kind of looking at some of these races and how it how it shapes up yeah it's uh Democrats may take the Senate for the first time in maybe 10 years, 10, 11 years. And they're going to win the House, keep the House with the Senate. It's a big race. And we got two we got two or three things here in South Dakota. We got sports betting on the deal, which probably won't uh, happen, but it'd be cool if it did. Well, why, why, would, why would it pass, Krenz? Because it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's, that's why it won't pass. It makes too much sense. Too much sense. And we got also marijuana, we got medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. And uh, surprising, I guess, support for that based on some polls that uh, Kello and the Argus put out where like 70, 75% like medical and over 50, 51% like uh, recreational. So of course our governor's against it. So hopefully it passes. I think uh, the, rec- uh, the recreational, it'll be tough, but the other one should pass. Uh, 
we'll see what happens there, and then and what that if that changes anything or not. Oh. But. Noam's just not well, smart. Well, She's not smart. Yeah, yep. But, she, but Noam's not smart. She just isn't. I mean, she's not. She's not. I mean, we're us in North Dakota. We go back and forth as far as who's the worst now. Yeah. So we are not smart. No. And it's. I'm sure it drives you crazy and other people who think like you. Like, why? Why does South Dakota want to be labeled as such? I mean, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. How many years she got Very left? Sad, Two years sad, left? Sad. It's bad. Yeah. Great. Well, my thoughts are with you. Um, oh, I, will, yes. I will not be able to make it to the the housewarming party uh, oh, that you're having on Halloween, but I, I hope it's very successful. And uh, uh, congrats again on the new home. It should be nice. Weather should be nice that day, so snow should be gone by then. So it'll be a good day, and get the house done here, pretty much done now, and show the show the people the house. I'll be good. Very good. Well, uh, good luck on the call, uh, and y- you know you got your wish regarding Mitchell football. Oh my God! Um, I, I didn't. I didn't think they'd lose, but they did. And that's going to save me four hours on the road. So very thankful for that. What? Going to pier, not bad. Two hours, maybe even a little less. Going to Sturgis, not fun. Uh, so, what what time? Is, okay, well, when's the game? What when when's the game? Uh, Huron lost. Or Huron beat Mitchell thirty four thirteen. Scored a couple late touchdowns. That was, that was a close game throughout. So now we go to a pier Thursday. They played them two weeks ago. They lost forty eight to twenty. It was a twenty one seven at the half. Mitchell had chances. Uh, Peter not as good as they've been. They're going to be number two, number three this year. Brooking, they're undefeated. So, um, they, Peter was up in that game 41-7. to seven, they, so. they embarrassed Yankton, did they not? Brookings, I mean? Yeah, Brookings beat them 41 nothing. And Yankton was number one all year. I've been voting for Brookings all year. What I saw, I, I saw them both play Mitchell, and I was much more impressed with Brookings. I, I started voting Yankton, and I saw Mitchell or Brookings, and I'm like, I think they're better. And uh, they killed them. So I'd be much better all. I'd rather see a, a Peer Brookings uh, final at this point. Yankton's your two seed, Peer's your three seed. So see what happens here. Uh, that'll be the matchup here uh, next week in the semifinal. So that'll be exciting. Very good. And then everything is still scheduled to be at the Dome, correct? And are they talking about any attendance structuring at all? It is. We don't know when it's going to be, though. Like, we know on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but we have no idea what the times are or what games are when. Like, we know the AAA game will be the last game, but we don't really know anything other than that. So I don't know what they're waiting for. That is three weeks away. So everybody here looks like a schedule of what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why. You know, like... Makes it's three weeks. It's literally like three weeks from Thursday is when games are going to be played. It's twenty-three days from now, and we do not know specifically what games are on what day and what time they will be played. So figure that out. <laughs> it's uh, just Kansas, just it's South ridiculous. Dakota. It's <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh, but it's it's just it's funny. It's comical. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, have a good call on all, all the, the games you're doing this week. Uh, good luck on Thursday, and uh, we'll, we'll chat next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, 
we'll be talking. Break it down. Yep, we'll, we'll break it down. So plenty to get to here, but uh, you have a good rest of your week and a, and a lovely time at the uh, housewarming party on Saturday. All right, we'll see you next week. Travis Krenz joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, always appreciate his time, as always. Uh, so, yeah. Um, let's... I, again, we, we don't like to stray from it, but I have been thinking, just because we do get very off on, on different topics every so often. Um, I think next... So, we will rebrand the podcast at some point. But uh, next week, I think we'll be diving more into the election Um either the races or the results. So we'll talk about that mainly next week. We will talk football. We'll, we'll talk sports, uh, World Series, NFL and stuff, but primarily next week um, heavy into the, the races, the political races that will shape our country's future. We might talk some college football here. I think we'll try that with Charlie Hildebrand if we can get him on. But otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it regardless. Uh, recap week seven in the NFL and make some picks. Maybe Noah will make an appearance. I can't guarantee it, but we'll try. And we'll get to it all next year on the Sports Block Podcast, which is now available on podcast.com. Um, you can find us again on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Krins at Travis Krins. Uh, Facebook, Nathan Stacken, the link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, though, more football talk, either college football, NFL, maybe a little bit of both. See if we can get Charlie and Noah on. It's all coming up next year on the Sports Block Podcast. Now available on podcast.com. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, time to talk some college football. And we do that with our good friend and resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good, Stack. It's just another boring week of college football and college sports where there's literally nothing that's gone on. Yep. All blowouts and bloodbaths, nothing interesting at all. Yeah, no, none none of the sort. Uh, the Big Ten and the Mountain West came back, and wouldn't you know, the Big Ten is uh, marred in some controversy, I think. Um, I still don't think in that, uh, that Felix or whatever, the, the Indiana quarterbacks, uh, I, I still don't think he made it in on the two-point conversion. I'd love to get your perspective of this. Um, Krins says... I, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was assuming you're setting up what happened for anyone that didn't listen. Well, uh, yep, I mean, in, Indiana scores a touchdown. Like, Penn State scores a touchdown right away. Indiana scores a touchdown, and they elect to go for two. And the quarterback runs in out in, in overtime. Yep. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, the quarterback runs to the left and he outstretches his arm and it looks like it hits out of bounds. It's like a millisecond before it hit the pylon. The, the call on the field was that he converted the two point conversion and there was not enough to overturn it. Now, Krins says that they should just change the rule entirely where you don't make a call so and you have to go to the replay because that ultimately decides it you know what the, if there's not enough evidence to overturn it if it's inconclusive you have to go with the call on the field and i get that that's a very difficult call to make there in real time but looking at the replay it sure looked like the ball hit out of bounds first before the pylon so I'd love to get your perspective on it in terms of if you thought that they got the call right. I disagree that it looks like it hit the pylon or went out of bounds. Okay. It could have. I don't think I've ever in my life in any sport seen a play that even with the benefit of high-definition televisions 
incredible cameras that can zoom in much clearer and the benefit of slow motion that I'm still like, yep, don't have the slightest clue. It, it could have been out and it could have been in. I think it's very hard to objectively look and say definitively. I think we can make some conjecture, but we don't have real proof. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever they called on the field was going to stand. Because I don't think there's a truly a shot that says like, oh yeah, that's the shot. Now we know. I completely I agree with that. that. There's some that yep. are incredibly close, and it looks like it might have been, but not. Let me, let me put it this way: in, in some of this is a matter of perspective, and I and I could certainly be wrong here. There's no shot that I saw, and I was I was watching. I didn't watch that whole game, but I was certainly watching it all over time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any shot that I saw that I would say. Yes, I'm betting my life that that's correct. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. This. Yep. No, I agree with that. Um, I, because I, there, you're right. There's no, there's no conclusive shot that you could say that would be able to overturn the ruling on the field. It's just let's, let's put it this way, second. Yep. It's, it's, I'm, I'm saying you can't tell. It sounds like you were of the opinion that while close, you thought that it was out of bounds. Yes, in, but that would have. Sport, had you seen, and this is just to say how yep. insane this event and occurrence was. Can you think of anything like whether sport or even like Hollywood movies about sports mm-hmm. where it's that close and you just like, I, I, I can't think of anything. But usually, there's times where you know sometimes you can't tell because like a player covers it up. Yep. Nope. Or something, but where it's truly like you can see it, and, you're, and I did. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything as close as that in my life. I'll tell you this. I, I saw the replay first before I kind of knew the outcome or what the call was. So when I saw the, the replay in slow motion, I thought, hmm, that kind of looks like it's out of bounds to me before it hits. But again, it's, it's so bang, bang. They called it a conversion on the field. There is not enough to overturn it. So I, I do understand... Um, them staying with the call on the field. What do you make of what Crin says, and this is unlikely to happen, but I think it has some merit, about not, when calls are so close like that, about not ruling anything and truly letting replay decide it. Uh, I think that could open Pandora's box, so to speak, for, for far too many plays, but in an instance like this, the call on the field determined what happened just because of how close it was? I, I agree that whatever they called on the field, I don't think they were going to be able to overturn. And in terms of, of Crins' thoughts, I mean, I think that's something that, like, in theory it works. I don't know in practice. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you could, you, we could eventually get to that point, but there would be a lot of errors early because, you know, you're trained to make calls. Yep. And I think even when times you look for confirmation for someone else. I mean, I should say I'm speculating a little bit here. I've not ever been an official outside of like one uh, intramural softball game in college, um, which I didn't do any training for. But I'm pretty sure that they don't train them to be like, hey, whatever you do, don't make calls right away. Actually, let things linger for a day. So I think you could do it, but there would still be times where if we would have a scenario probably not that often because I think free plays like that are rare Mm -hmm. where it could happen but it's still likely that someone's initial reaction is going to be we're going to make a call 
because that's what they're paid to do exactly. at the end of the day. Yep. So it, it, it's like lots of things. Like I, I think it could be effective, but there would certainly be kinks working to that point. Mm-hmm. And yep. Well, I was, I was going to say that the problem then is that you get more replay, but if it's that close, we should have replay anyway. Yes, absolutely. As, as I get older, I kind of understand the point of, you know, when we were kids and they started doing replay, that really old people were like, this takes too long. You'd be like, no, it's most important to get it right. Mm-hmm. There are times where I wish they would do far fewer replays. Yep. But if there was ever a time, even if it didn't change anything, if there was ever a time to say, no, we want to look at the replay, like that was one of those plays. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, because there's a... Wait, one, one yeah. last quick yep. thought on that. Yep. If this was a Hollywood movie of the underdog at home, mm-hmm. I think they were at home. Actually, I don't remember. They were, they, yep, they, yep, they were at home. They were in Bloomington. Okay, I was thinking that he was wearing red, if I remembered right. But a Hollywood movie where basically that same thing happens... We would everyone in the audience would look at each other and scoff and be like, "That's the most fairy book tale." There's no way anything like that would ever happen. That's just ridiculous. Yep. And then basically, it did happen. Yeah, that's the fun thing about sports is that so often, like those fairy tale moments don't happen, but the every every select so often when they do, especially if it's not a game where you have a dog in the fight. I mean, I didn't care who won. I thought right. it was kind of fun at the end of the underdog. I wouldn't take care of the Penn State one, but just in that moment, it was just like, "Yep, this is what this is what I love about sports and college football." Um, is Penn State overrated? Um, that's a good question. I think they probably are a little bit, but it's also worth noting that Indiana was pretty good last year, mm-hmm. and I think other than the collapse in a bowl game, would have finished like eight and five. Yep. Or maybe nine and four, even. Mm-hmm. So I think Indiana doesn't get the credit it deserves because it's in the same conference as Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan. Um, certainly, if you want to get credit, beating teams like Penn State to start, if they could somehow beat Michigan, also, I think that would go a long ways. But but even with that said, I think Penn State's probably. I mean, I think they are. But the other thing too is what's a, it's such a weird year. But I think we're just going to get results like that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm slightly going back on what I said a little while. Because now that I think about it, if I remember right, Penn State outgained Indiana like 490 yards to 200. And the only thing was Penn State had three or four times. Basically, it was down to point. So I think if they played 10 times, Indiana probably went like twice. And that was just one of those, too. Well, and Penn State wasn't the only team that turned it over a ton on Saturday. And like I, I think the majority of the storylines or the headlines from college football this weekend came from the Big Ten. Whether it was you know Graham Mertz, the freshman quarterback at Wisconsin, who completes his first 17 passes, goes 20 of 21 with five touchdowns, and Wisconsin rolls Illinois. I mean, this I didn't realize this guy had offers from like the likes of Clemson and Alabama. And stuff, and here he comes from Overland Park, Kansas, and Wisconsin now looks like a real true threat. Though we'll get to why their season may be derailed. Right, but through one game, it's like okay, this freshman, you can see that this is not going to be your normal Wisconsin team. Probably, I would also say that even though Indiana did make a bowl game, or not Indiana, Illinois did make a bowl game and was okay last year, 
Um, I think that Illinois is just not set up to do well against Indiana in general. And yeah. You combine a good Wisconsin offensive line and rushing offense with quarterback back in It's a bad recipe, but I don't want to take that away from him that he had like literally about as good of, a, of an opening game as you can have. And I'm sure he's going to be, like, I don't think he's going to be Russell Wilson. Either. No. But just by nature of game one, I think it's safe to say he's already better than Joel Stave. <laughs> and uh, I'm blanking on some of the other recent Wisconsin quarterback names. Scott Tolsey. Bull Ca- some of those guys. Bull Callahan. Oh, wait, that was in yeah. draft day. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Draft day was a strange name. Oh, Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner. Great. I, I like it. I like that movie, even though it was uh, four first-round picks. Okay, all right. Then uh, then you do that. Yep. Uh, but we'll get to Wisconsin, more on Wisconsin here in a little bit. It was not a great day for my teams. Uh, Minnesota got run all over by Michigan. Uh, Michigan wins 49-24, so Michigan looks really good. Uh, and Virginia Tech inexplicably loses to Wake Forest. They uh, walk on. Was it Nick Anderson, I believe, for Wake Forest? Walk on corner has three interceptions. I mean, just a terrible job by the Hokies there. But uh, Michigan, that was a very good performance against Minnesota. I don't know what what that game says more about. Is it more about how good Michigan is, or maybe how overrated Minnesota might be this year? That's a good question. We're going to need to see more games from both of them to tell for sure. But. Yep. Like, I think Ohio State clearly still looks like the best team in the conference. Yes. But this is one of those few times where Michigan played. Like, we don't know how good Minnesota's going to be, but I think it's safe to say Minnesota's, like, still good. Mm -hmm. You know, they might not go. um, Like, I think the the deal is they're going to play eight regular season games, and instead of just a conference title, like, everyone plays a game that day for nine. So if there's nine games, like, I don't think Minnesota's going to go eight and one or seven and two. I think you go six and three or five and four in a season where you're only playing conference games. Mm-hmm. You know the teams that scout you the best and know the most about you, anyways. Like that's nothing to see, man. Right, right. Um, I just I, I was expecting and, and, a better and, and performance by them. Minnesota's like a big physical team too. With Michigan, in a lot of ways, just kind of bullied them. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Michigan can do that to Penn State, man. Yep. I don't think they'd be able to do it to Ohio State until I see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you and I both have picked Michigan to win the conference under Jim Harbaugh enough times that we're basically in, like, you know, hands on our hips and like, no, we're not falling to bat again until you guys actually do it. Yep, I'm not. I'm not going to grab that dollar. Nope. It's just the. Yeah. It's just going to be attached to that fishing pole, and it's just going to get yanked away from me. I ain't going to do that. Yeah. Um, but they certainly they certainly look better than uh, Michigan. Their in-state rivals, Michigan State, they look terrible. They turned the ball over seven times against Rutgers. Greg Schiano gets a win in his uh, second debut with Rutgers. They win 38-27. That was impressive by them. Uh, Iowa loses to Purdue. I don't know if that's a huge surprise, but uh, it's certainly... Oh, it's, it's a surprise for this fact. Did you know that maybe... No, I didn't. I, I knew one of these things. I didn't know all these things. Yep. Rondell Moore, Purdue's best player, didn't play in the game. Yep, that's a that's a great point. Their coach Jeff Brom didn't coach in the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the guy's name, but Purdue's leading rusher from last year didn't play in the game either, and that was like a late scratch, like the day of. So they didn't know till late, and with all of those guys out, Purdue still won. 
Okay. I think through that lens, yes. it's surprising. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. Now, you're putting that into perspective. That That is certainly big. Um, looking through anything else here. Um, yeah, no, that pretty much does it um, in that regard when it comes to the Big Ten. But the big news coming out next week, we'll get to the rest of college football from last week and look ahead to this week here in a moment. But uh, Graham Mertz, who we were just talking about, the quarterback for Wisconsin, tested positive for COVID. Uh Another quarterback tested positive, so they—I mean—they were going to be on their fourth-string quarterback here, and now the the game with Nebraska has gotten canceled. I don't know what your uh, personal feelings are about that, uh, with that game getting canceled with Wisconsin, but um, this is—it's not good. And Wisconsin is one of the states right now that is having the heaviest outbreak out of any state in the country. So I guess maybe we shouldn't be too terribly surprised that Wisconsin would be that team that gets hit by it. But after one game, uh, for them to... They won't even be able to make this game up with Nebraska. It's just done. Uh, Because they... That's the downside of the way the Big Ten did this. They don't have any... Any weeks built in for any wiggle run. Exactly. So this game's done. It's canceled. It's not going to be made up. But what does this maybe say about what's going to happen with Wisconsin going forward? Because they could be in a world of hurt here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, the players that tested positive can't play for three weeks. I mean, you talk about having multiple quarterbacks out for three weeks. Like, regardless of if everybody else is safe or is healthy, and you have a fantastic offensive line and run game like they frequently will. You never want to have to play your fourth string quarterback, especially against league opponents. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in, I mean, they may have to care, have to have fewer games too. I believe to make the Big Ten title game, you have to play a minimum of six, I think. So they already are down from eight to seven. Mm-hmm. So they can only miss out on one more game. Um, and still play in the conference type of game. In each game you don't play, that's just eliminating, you know, more margin of error to win the division. Mm-hmm. So in terms of winning the division, like I think on paper, Wisconsin's still the best team. I wouldn't pick Wisconsin to win the division now, though, just because they're already down one game, and who knows how many more we're going to have. Right. Well, it's interesting to note that their next game uh, – next week so they they aren't playing Nebraska this week the following week they play against Purdue Uh, if that game doesn't get played then their next game would be against Michigan that is a very big game on the Big Ten docket Uh, whether or not that's Wisconsin's next game uh, I mean they have to have absolutely great performance because I wonder how the the playoff committee or how the AP, how you're going to rank the Wisconsin team if you don't see them play more than five or six games. I mean, if they play the minimum that the Big Ten is requesting to get into the Big Ten championship game and Wisconsin rolls in undefeated, let's say, at 6-0, and and then they lose to Ohio State, how how are they going to be viewed? What's the lens that we're going to view a Wisconsin team with only six games? Even though... Not very well. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be bad. At that point, because, I mean, you'll have SEC. I think the SEC's playing 10 games, if I remember right. Yep. And then you throw in 11 for a conference title. So they played almost twice as many games. Like, I think, like, if, if Wisconsin's 6-0 and beats Ohio State, mm-hmm. I think they would get in at 7-0. and 
But in, like this is the first time, I think, in the college football playoff era, we're talking about a Power 5 team being undefeated and winning the conference. And I'm not, like, positive they get in in that scenario. Like, I'm pretty sure they won 70 now, but not positive. Mm-hmm. But if you're only playing seven games, you, you can't have any losses if you're Wisconsin. I mean, like, I think if they're 6-0 and, and heading into that game, you know, unless everybody in front of them has, like, four losses, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be, I mean, I don't know if they'll even be in the top ten at that point. I mean, I think they'll be treated like Boise State and Central Florida have been most years in the last 10 to 15, where they're just like, well, yeah, but, I mean, you only play in six games, so what do we care? Right. Um... Oklahoma State, moving on from the Big Ten, Ohio State beat Iowa State 24-21, battle of ranked teams. Iowa State was ranked 17th, Oklahoma State 6th. What did we get? What's the biggest takeaway from this game? And did we learn more about Oklahoma State or Iowa State? Like, how much of a serious threat is Oklahoma State to the college football playoff? Uh, Are they truly the best team in the Big 12? I would say probably, because they are ranked 6th, but... Um, they're doing so with, with their defense, which is really strange. But just how how good is Oklahoma State? When what, What's the biggest takeaway from their win against the Cyclones? I think the biggest takeaway is that Oklahoma State's the favorite in the Big 12 if they weren't already. Um, that Iowa State is it. Like, I, I think Oklahoma, Ohio, or Iowa State's beat Oklahoma twice in the last three years, if not four years. But they've had the most problems with Oklahoma State, I think. I don't think they beat Oklahoma State since Matt Campbell took over. Unless it happened last year, you know, when I missed like half the season because I was working all the time and forgot about that. But I think Oklahoma State's the favorite, but also kind of based off the last few years, especially last year, the way Oklahoma worked against LSU. I think it's going to be tough for Oklahoma State to get in if they're not undefeated. Mm-hmm. Just the way, like, fair or not fair, like, Oklahoma is the most tradition-rich power school in the Big 12. Yep. It is basically better than anyone except maybe, you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, or USC. And so since they've basically been the flag bearer for the last, you know, 20 years of the conference, and have, you know, gotten annihilated the last two years in postseason play, especially last year, um... I think that probably, I mean, even though it shouldn't matter, I think that is probably going to play a little bit of a factor in terms of rankings. And I think it's just going to be worse with anyone. I mean, I think it's safe to say with Oklahoma's not making the playoff this year. Right. Yep. So if it's not, because they've got two losses, I think two yep. losses already. Yep. Um, so I would think Oklahoma State would have the next best shot, but I just think based off how things have gone for the Big 12, if they're not undefeated, I don't think they're getting in, unless it's a case where all the other conferences also are not, you know, all have two lost teams or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of Notre Dame, what a beatdown they put on Pitt, 45-3. to uh, A team that scored 12 points against Louisville absolutely annihilates Pittsburgh, and I think that was more of a way to silence the critics uh, from the way they had looked so far throughout the season, and... Uh, that I look forward to their game against Clemson here in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully that's a sign that Notre Dame can actually come through and play. Uh, G- I, I don't want to sound overly negative. 
and, and as you said, I realized you're a Virginia Tech fan. So yes. outside of watching your own Hokies play the times. Yep. Are there any ACC games you're looking forward to for the rest of the season other than Notre Dame and Clemson? Because oh. I don't think I am at this point. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I mean, like, really looking forward. Right. I mean, there'll be yeah. ones I will still watch. It'll be like, oh, North Carolina's playing, you know, whoever. Like, oh, that could, North Carolina in Miami, that could be a fun game. But I mean, like, like, oh, yeah, that's a game I want to see. Yeah, I'm just, I think Clemson and Notre Dame's the only one. Yep, and that's... And the bright side is, I think, it is they could play again in a rematch mm-hmm. in the, the ACC title game. Which it almost certainly, based on what we've seen so far, looks like that's going to happen. Yeah, either them or, or Miami. Um, yeah, Clemson, Notre Dame play next week, uh, November. So it's a week 10, so it'll be November 9th. I'm just looking at the rest of the schedule here. And, oh, whoa, whoa, what, what was this game? What did I see? Abilene Christian in Virginia, week 12. Give me that game. What a hell of a game that's going to be. Uh Notre Dame, North Carolina, Friday, November 27th. No, thank you, North Carolina. Um, yeah, the, the Clemson, nope, nope, there's just nothing there. This is just pure shit on the schedule uh, on the ACC side, apart from Clemson and Notre Dame. That is the marquee game uh, remaining for the ACC. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Hurts his ankle for Alabama, and he is out for the year. And he hurt it on a punt return. And a lot of people have problems with this putting your best wide receiver uh, out returning punts. Did Nick Saban outsmart himself here, or is this just a freak accident? Injuries are a part of the game. You move on. It's no one's fault, really. I think it's more the second. It's unfortunate. Um, I think we always know that if you're if you're playing special teams also, it's possible you can get hurt at that point in time. But I understand the reasoning of like, yeah, this is our like most explosive athlete. We want to get him the ball and have chances to do things. So like I don't have a problem with him playing or being a punt returner, and I think it's just an unfortunate accident. Um, the only other thing I'd say is I don't think it's fair to be like I guess this would only be if you were like an Alabama fan, I suppose. Um, but to be like, oh yeah, this is great, I love this, and then when he gets hurt, changing your mind to be like, oh well, now it's not okay, and I'm angry, and wish they wouldn't have. I mm-hmm. mean, I know it's one of those things around that you can have both ways. So I mean, if people want to take that thought of like, don't do that, I think that's fine. But you have to do that with everybody. They can't just be like, oh well guys who are really good and they're going to, you know, be first-round draft picks, probably. Mm-hmm. You would have to do it with everyone, man, and be like, well, we can't have any starters on special teams. Yep. Yep. I I, I agree with you. I think it's just a, it's a part and, of the and game. I, uh, and I would say, I don't think that's what we would want. Right. there's some guys that are good enough to play on special teams. And sometimes you see that where, you know, especially like with a new coach that takes over and they, you know, have a lot of guys transfer and don't have their full number of players. Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, we're going to have all like walk-ons and backups on special teams. But not not like Alabama where they do it at times or Georgia where, you know, their backups would start like everywhere else. But I mean, guys who aren't good enough and you're just like, oh my gosh, these teams, special teams are atrocious. Right. Uh, finally, uh, my last takeaway from last week. Had, I don't know if you saw the field goal that Rice tried to uh, uh, kick. The yes. Have you ever? No, I, I did see that though. Have you ever seen a kick like this? If the, if that game, 
if they make the kick, Rice wins the game. They lose in double overtime. Have you ever seen a field goal do that before? I mean, this is worse than the double doink that the Bears had a couple years ago against uh, Nick Foles and the Eagles. I've definitely never seen that. I think we've all seen, like, one doink, whether it doesn't go in or it hits, but still ricochets in. I think I've seen two doinks twice. Uh, the, the one you mentioned and one far, like, 10 or 15 or maybe even 20 years ago. I don't even remember what game it was. But thinking, you know, as a kid, it was so funny. Um, I've definitely never seen three, though, let alone four. And uh, I feel bad for that. I feel bad, because that's, like, literally as close as you can be to making a field goal without making it. The odds of this happening are astronomical. I mean, and for it to hit four times and not go across... I mean, it's just, it's staggering, really. I, I, I would like to get some sports science, not sports science, someone much better and smarter than the sports science guys were, but to show, like, if it hits four times, is it still more likely to go in or not go in? Because part of me thinks, I don't know if it would necessarily be more likely to go in. I think it's more likely, then again, I never even took a physics class, so, mm-hmm. like, let's put it through that prism and which grains of salt and all that stuff. But, I mean, obviously, just sitting there four times, period, regardless of if it goes in, is going to be some incredibly small number that's greater than zero, but way, way, way less than one. Um, but I, I, part of me is curious now, just because the way you said that, um, of hitting it four times and not go in, I don't know if it would be more likely to go in or not go in at that point if it's, if it's more time. Do well, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, like, you you it, might be right. It might be more likely it, to go in, but it, it's it, such a free thing that I just I don't know. It was the way it was hitting off of the post, though, and then off of, off of the crossbar The that I think... To me, it seemed like it was destined to go in. It was just the way it was hitting off. It's like, okay, that's going to roll over eventually. Like It seemed like it was more the lopsided towards going in versus hitting out. So it's just, it seemed very, very bad luck that it wouldn't go um, yeah. go through. So Very bad luck on the doink, 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 yep. doink. Mess. And that was Rice's first game of the year. And that happens. And Middle Tennessee is not very... I didn't very... know that they would have won if they would have made it. Yep. But, uh, I did not know that was their first game of the year. As we look ahead to this week, oh, Friday night, got a big game. Minnesota at Maryland. Minnesota 19.5-point favorites after Maryland lost 43-3 to to Northwestern. So go, go for it. After, after having a game where your expectations are too high and you lose to Michigan in a way that's just kind of soul-crushing... What what better than a game against Maryland? Yeah. You just I, you know that's gonna be that's gonna be the game. Like, do, I don't, do you have any younger siblings stacking? I do. Yep. So that's gonna be the game. Like when you're at school and kids a grade older than you or kids in your grade like make fun of you or beat you in something and you feel bad. So then you go home and beat your siblings and like bing bong or something like over and over just to make you feel better about yourself. Like that's gonna be one of those games. Like I think Minnesota's gonna win. Like they might win like forty-one to six, and just like a like a, an exhale, like well, we feel better about ourselves in the world now after week one, after destroying this Apple team. And I'm not saying that in a negative way towards Minnesota. You need those games. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, hmm. Okay. I mean, this you know, so it's Halloween on Saturday, so we know that you know some spooky 
crazy ghost-like things are going to happen. You know, someone's going to make a catch him like that. There's no way he made that catch that there was a ghost that that magically pushed him into that ball or something like that. You know, Sam Darnold will get, you know, he'll hear ghosts or something and uh, get tripped. Like, oh, my God, he was asleep. Yeah, just, yeah, he just, exactly. Or he'll slip on the field and, like, there it was the turf monster. No, it was a, it was a, it was a freaking ghost. from the movie Shining in the hotel. Exactly right. As I'm looking through this slate here, it's not a great slate. Um, You have the only one game featuring ranked teams against one another, and that's Ohio State at Penn State. Number three, Ohio State at 18 Penn State. Which is interesting, but much less interesting than we thought it would be a week ago at this time. Exactly. That's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. College Game Day will be there. And then after that, it's just there's really nothing. There are a few games of slight interest to me. Like I think Texas at Oklahoma State is interesting only from the standpoint of you, you know, we keep thinking that Texas is going to put together one of these great performances and they're going to show up and play like a Texas team that should be in the national title contention or playoff contention anyway. And they just haven't been thus far under Tom Herman. And this is a chance again for Oklahoma State, I think, to silence some doubters because they're out there still. Then. True. And we know that, like, if, if you're going to beat anyone in the Big 12, everybody loves beating Texas still. So. Mm hmm. And then another game that intrigues me, and I'm curious by this by the line here, it's Arkansas at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is ranked eighth. A&M's a 12.5-point favorite. That's on the SEC Network. But Arkansas has been surprisingly good thus far this season. That, to me, is a very odd line because it's not like A&M's been lighting the world on fire. That's a good point. I uh, I don't remember who Arkansas played last weekend, but certainly I definitely agree that they've I think they've looked better than anyone outside of like the most rose colored glasses, you know, pink suey fans in Arkansas mm-hmm. would think. So yeah, I mean I I guess what Texas A and M's biggest claim to fame is they beat Florida, who like we think Florida might be good, but we still don't know if they're like that yet though. Right. Either. So yeah, I mean and oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas won. Arkansas was off last week, so they've had two weeks now to prepare for a and I, I don't know. They just, to me, that it smells like... I mean, A&M barely beat Vanderbilt week one, and then... You're saying on Halloween Saturday something smells a little spooky in the I, I, I think so. I think so. Uh, I might just flat out call for that upset, uh, taking Arkansas I over a and um, is, it, is it in... It, uh, Fayetteville or in uh, College Station? It's in College Station. So, it's okay. it, it, so happened, but, but at the same time, I think home field advantage means less now than it does in most years. Exactly. So. Uh, anything else from this schedule stand out to you at all? It just doesn't, it's not a very appealing Saturday, but that's when we typically gain the most action, and with it being Halloween, anything's possible. Yeah, and a lot of times that does happen. I have a sneaking suspicion, though, it's generally not going to be the case just because last weekend we had so many, like, fun and weird games. My guess is we're going to have, like, two, I don't know if it'll be between, you know, I don't know if Penn State and Ohio State will be one, but we'll have, like, two really good games. They may be between mediocre teams, but, you know, two games that if you have, like, basic cable or YouTube TV or Hulu TV or whatever or ESPN, whatever they're calling their thing now. 
that like everyone's turning into those games in the second half because they're really close. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll have like we'll have two good games. They might not be like between great teams, but two really good fun games to watch. And then everything else is just going to be like what that city. I mean, like Boyd and Hole beating Lawton Browns right now in Iowa high school volleyball tonight. <laughs> I may have missed something here. Um, but five, I mean, the Mountain West normally is just on CBS Sports Network, and then they have some games on ESPN. I see Fox Sports One is going to be broadcasting New Mexico at San Jose State. Uh, is that just because we're desperate for college football that FS One is diving yes. into that? I guess they have Hawaii at Wyoming on Friday night, so maybe they've gotten the rights to it now. Maybe Fox has over CBS. Well, I mean, it could also be that, you know, when they go through and pick games that maybe Fox had first pick this year for some of the big games, and the caveat was like, all right, well, you got to take this game on FS1. That's going to get, you know, 117,000 people in the whole world to watch it. Yeah. Well, maybe they just, maybe they're both doing it. I do see San Diego State at Utah State is on CBS Sports Network. So apparently there's they're, they're getting both. Uh, so good job, Mountain West, for gaining more exposure. Uh, and FS1, what the hell? Uh, getting New Mexico at San Jose State. And then if that's not enough to gouge your eyes out, Nevada at UNLV at uh, 9.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1. There you go. Upside, at least UNLV in Nevada is an in-state rivalry game. And you know what we're only a week away from? Pac-12 after dark. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I think we've talked before about some of these teams starting late and the way you can't do everything that makes it harder on defenses. Mm-hmm. Can we imagine what the Pac-12 is going to look like? Oh, Especially these after dark games. We're just like, all right. Well, it's, it's 80 to 77 heading into the fourth quarter. Well, we know it's not going to be. It's not going to come from Washington State because they don't have the pirate anymore. But maybe that's a good thing because uh, Mississippi State can't score. So who the hell knows? Who knows? And apparently, a whole bunch of people are like players are like leaving Mississippi State now. So it seems like Mississippi State's going through like the entire five, six, eight-year Mike Leach experience. In like the first half of his first season. Now, you you may recall that I was on, you know, like when Rory McIlroy won his first major, I'm like, oh, he's going to beat Jack Nicholas's major. So I've been prisoner of the moment in, in stuff in the past. Uh, a regret that I have is saying that I'm all aboard Mike Leach in Mississippi State for making some noise in the SEC after that week one performance against LSU. I think it can be good in the future, but it's it's not going to happen this year, though. No. This, this that was very much fool's goal. And then, but then the, pl- the players leaving stuff, not not a good look. Not 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 no. good, Bob. Not good. Um, one last one last question. I thought I had two, but I can I can't remember the one. So I'll just ask you this one right now. Uh, how excited are you for two a time in Miami? I am very excited. Like, I don't know if I have super high hopes for this season specifically, mm-hmm. but I'm excited. I, I don't can't think of a time they've had, like, a young quarterback. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a young quarterback. This is how excited I would have been if they drafted Brady Quinn. Okay. And I'm so glad they actually did not draft Brady Quinn. Right. Now. I was never sold on Ryan Tannehill, even though he's sort of playing better now in Tennessee and does some good things. I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer like I think Tua could be if he can stay healthy. That's a big if, that he can stay healthy. But if mm-hmm. he can, I think the sky's the limit. 
All right. I mean, can you imagine the years where he's going to – he and Josh Allen will go up against one another? Yeah, who thought? You know what maybe the best thing is? I, this is just a weird – maybe not that weird, but sort of a quirk of mine. I feel like in the NFL and, and in college football, at every year there should be at least one – like good left-handed quarterback, and I think he's the only left-handed quarterback that's starting right now. Unless I'm blanking on someone, and I, I think it's been that way for a few years now too. And okay, so it didn't. I didn't even realize this until I saw some highlights. But Trevor Lawrence throws left-handed too, right? Not regularly. He throws right-handed. There might be some clips where oh, I thought he under pressure was, but he's a. Uh, He's a righty. Okay, I, that's what I thought, but then I saw a couple of replays where he was throwing with his left hand, and it stunned me a little bit. But okay, so yeah, it would just be Tua, then that's left hand. And I do remember what I was going to ask you. I saw, was it Ty Rushing on Twitter, uh, works with you, uh, said that he's, they want to put together a March Madness of puns. Uh, you know me, Charlie, puns are right up my alley. Here, it's my one of my favorite forms, if not my favorite form of comedy. Here, what what do, is this really going to happen, and what can we expect? I think that we hope it's going to happen. I don't know. I would assume it's probably just going to be through Twitter. I mean, I don't. I think other than that day, I saw it on Twitter, and we briefly talked about it in the office. Then it would basically just be, I mean, I don't know if we do 64, I think it would probably be more likely to be 32, mm-hmm. but just come up with a bracket of, and I think he's probably just going to do uh, news people in Iowa. Um, if you want, I can ask him at least, you know, approach the subject of uh, entering your name as oh, well. Oh, I no, I, I will just, I will provide you. We'll come up with some good puns. Uh, I, I won't do this, but I'll, I'll certainly provide you as a help if you need it at all. The other thing, too, is I don't know if I would be involved in it. Okay. Um, I think, like, I don't know if we're going to have multiple people. Like, this is how little we are into it. Like, I don't know if we're going to have, like, only one person per, you know, newspaper slash radio network slash local news place. Mm-hmm. Or if we're going to have multiple people through one. If we only have one, it would definitely be time for Boston. It's the, uh, the best at it at uh, the review. I would like um, to be a judge in this, uh, and I know that you'll be voting on Twitter, so I won't be the only judge. But if there's an authoritative figure of puns that need to uh, to oversee this here and, and and judge all, I would like to throw my hat in the ring. I can mention it. This is it's not my idea. It's not my. Uh Baby, I mean, mm-hmm. I can win advice, but don't have the final say. I, I know you. He's, you know, higher up the totem pole than I am. So, yep, but it, makes the, uh, the it, final choices. It, it, it made me very excited to see that, though. So, uh, I'm I'm anxiously looking forward. But now that I think what, about it, if I remember right, I think you saw earlier this year that we uh, that he had tweeted out like our first week of the season like football headlines yes that had all those puns yes not all of those but like half or three quarters of those just for that specific night were ones that I didn't know yes there you go I mean I mean that, that was great but when how long how long ago was that again I believe it was the first week of the season so I think it was like the final our paper comes out Saturday um, so it would have been Oh, yep, here it is. The, first, the last Saturday in August, if I remember right. Yep, Generals March on to win over Dutch. 
Uh, Sheldon cannot stand up to midgets in first game. I mean, that's just it's just the fact that there's midgets in there. West Lion takes wind out of Tornado's sails in easy win. Sioux Center defense tames Bulldogs in win. I mean, this is it's it, you're gonna need like it, it, this is great stuff, but to win in a Twitter battle, you're gonna have to exceed this. Uh, Exceed this and, and take it up even another notch or five. If I uh, if, if I am involved in the pun, I don't know I don't know if we have a specific name for it or not. If I am involved in it specifically, I will have to find the pun version of HGH and inject that into my veins. Because it's it's I mean I mean I'm not saying I was the largest state population wise. Mm-hmm. It's not as small as you think at first glance. Though. So I'm sure there's plenty of other uh, people that have been doing stuff like this longer than I have. I'll be able to come up with some pretty good stuff Uh, yeah, because I th- th- how it all started is I I tweeted about or retweeted a open casket funeral remains to be seen. I mean that just it just hits your funny bones so so well. Uh, at least it does for me. I mean I thought that was great, and then you replied with those headlines, and they were great. And then that led to the Mike Leach and National Treasure. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that if you do it. So I, I look forward to the updates as to when this will be happening. Uh, Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Have a Enjoy the college football next week uh, or this weekend, and we'll, we'll chat with you here in a, in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, buddy. All right. Uh, and uh, get some rest, and uh, it, good luck cross-country next week. Thank you. I appreciate that. You'll cross the country of Iowa. That's that's right. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, my friend. Yep, have a good one. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join us here, talk some college football. Great stuff, as always, from him. Um, and we will go right into uh, – we won't have him on next week because we'll be doing election stuff and, and talking more of the politics stuff. It will be a different uh, sports block podcast next week. Little sports, heavy, heavily more into the to the politics, just for one week because it is the election week. But we'll get Charlie on again here soon. Let's go right to it and look back at week seven in the NFL. Make some picks for week eight. Uh, no, Noah this week. We'll we'll, we'll keep trying. We'll we'll keep doing our best. Uh, but let's go back to last Thursday and the Philadelphia Eagles trailing twenty one ten. Somehow pull out a victory over the New York Giants, 22-21. I think Daniel Jones got sacked and fumbled it. Uh, Eric Ingram, or Evan Ingram, excuse me, Giants tight end. Could have sewn this game up if he had caught a third down pass. He didn't. Eagles go down and score win 22-21. The highlight in this game, perhaps the low light for Daniel Jones, he runs it 82 yards, would have had a 90-yard touchdown, but the turf monster tripped him up. Uh, social media had a blast with it. He ran really fast. Uh, I think he just kind of ran out of his shoes. Uh, the Giants did end up scoring on that possession, a touchdown. But uh, needless to say, that's something that uh, will be on highlight reels or blooper reels for years to come. Dallas is terrible. Uh, they lose Andy Dalton on a nasty hit by Washington linebacker John Bostic. That should have garnered a suspension. It didn't. Dallas gets 142 total net yards 
Fewest since week one, 2001. They lose 25-3 to to Washington this season. It's just all the injuries, but the Cowboys are so bad. And they are one, historically one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. Devontae Adams killed me in fantasy, and I assume he helped a lot of people in fantasy and killed others as well. Uh, he had 14 catches, 196 yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, big game through the air. Green Bay wins 35 to 20 over Houston. Green Bay 6 and 0 all time in Houston. Is that accurate? I don't feel like that's accurate. 6 and 0 all time against Houston, I believe. Not in Houston though, because they had only been to Houston 3 times. Cuz you go once every 8 years. So, it's got to be 6 and 0 all time at Houston. Anyway, uh, good bounce back win for the Packers. New Orleans hangs on to beat Carolina 27-24. They jumped out early. Carolina battled back. DJ Moore with a couple of touchdown receptions. Drew Brees leads the Saints down, get a field goal to get a stop. Uh, even though Joey Sly for the Panthers tried a 65-yard field goal and just missed by a yard. Would have been an NFL record. The Saints hang on to win 27-24. The Buffalo Bills did not show up for their game against the New York Jets until after the first quarter. Really? Yeah, it was after the first quarter. Jets score the first 10 points. Bills score the last 18, all on six field goals. The Bills win 18-10. The Jets had four yards of total offense in the second half. Not on a play, not on a drive, not in a quarter. The entire half. Good Lord, they are terrible. The Battle of Ohio. I mean, if you had Red Zone on Sunday, you were treated to some great games in that early window here. And this was probably the best of them. The Browns and the Bengals, back and forth these two teams went. Uh, Baker Mayfield throws five touchdowns. Joe Burrow for the Bengals throws for over 400 yards and three, three touchdowns. The Browns, though, get a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 11 seconds left, 37-34. But it comes at a price as OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. tears his ACL, and he is done for the year. The Bengals had a lead. They just can't figure out how to close out games. It happened a couple weeks ago against Indianapolis. Happened again this last week against Cleveland, but they'll learn. Uh, no one has lost more games in creative fashion uh, this year than the Atlanta Falcons. And really, I mean, we've talked about the Bengals bungling things away. The Falcons are falconing uh, their way to new unfathomable losses. Todd Gurley, I think the momentum just carried him in. He scores a touchdown instead of going down at the one when Detroit had no timeouts left. They could have Atlanta could have kicked the game-winning field goal with no time remaining to win 17-16. Instead, Gurley scores a touchdown, leaves a minute in change for um, Matthew Stafford. He leads the Lions down. They score a touchdown with no time left. Pet touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson. The Lions win 23-22. Atlanta starts 1-6 for the second consecutive season. Battle of undefeateds in Nashville, and the Pittsburgh Steelers took it to the Titans right away, dominated the time of possession. They were up uh, 27-7 at one point, but the Titans battle back. They get touchdowns from A.J. Brown. Uh, Their defense really picked it up. Ben Roethlisberger didn't play great. Steven Koskowski had a chance to tie the game at the end of the fourth quarter, but pushed it just right. And the Steelers, why, why couldn't he do that against the Vikings in week three? No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, but the Steelers win 27-24. The Buccaneers are picking up their, uh, picking the, you know, they're, they're just heading in stride. That's the best way to do it. They are 
really playing great football right now. A week after dominating the Packers, they destroy the Raiders 45-20. to Tom Brady, 360-plus yards passing, four touchdowns in this one, and the Buccaneers just dominate John Gruden and the Raiders. Charger, Justin Herbert, is looking like a stud quarterback. The rookie quarterback for the Chargers helps lead L.A. to a 39-29 win over the Jaguars. Chargers got out to a fast start. Looked like they were going to cruise to victory. Jaguars actually battled back and had a lead 29-22, but the Chargers uh, too much down the stretch, and they win 39-29. Snap a four-game losing streak. The San Francisco 49ers went to Foxborough and thoroughly embarrassed and dominated Cam Newton and the Patriots. It was a terrible look, terrible performance by a Bill Belichick coach team. Cam Newton uh, completed nine passes through three picks, under 100 yards passing. 49ers win 33-6. Jeff Wilson uh, Jr., third, scored three touchdowns for the 49ers on the ground, but hurt his ankle, so another 49er gets injured. And... 49ers win New England 2-4 and four now for the first time since 2000. And we all love snow games, and that was what we got. The first snow game of the year in Denver on Sunday. The Chiefs didn't need a lot from Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got a touchdown run. They get a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. Chiefs crush the Broncos 43-16. Uh, this was the game of the day. Sunday night football. Cardinals beat the Seahawks 37-34 in overtime. Uh, Tyler Lockett had three touchdowns. He was great for the Seahawks. The play of the year, the game, play of the year happened in the second quarter when Buda Baker, safety for the Cardinals, picks off Russell Wilson near the goal line and runs down the field towards his end zone. And DK Metcalf chased him down like a cheetah, like a leopard, like a gazelle, and tackled him inside the 10. And the Cardinals ultimately didn't score. It's the ultimate hustle play by DK Metcalf. It's fantastic. Uh, the Cardinals were actually down 13 points multiple times in this game, but they picked off Russell Wilson three times, including one by Isaiah Simmons late in overtime to give Zane Gonzalez a second chance. Kicks the game-winning field goal, and the Cardinals win 37-34. Then Monday Night Football, the Rams embarrassed the Bears 24-10. Bears defense scores a touchdown. They played better than the offense. That's not good. Let's look at week eight in the NFL. Make some early predictions there. It is uh, Thursday night football. One and six Falcons at the three and four Carolina Panthers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central time on Fox. I think the Falcons are a better team, but the way they've lost games lately is just unreal. Carolina looks better. I'll take the Panthers to win. Sunday then, uh, we'll just start with the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. <laughs> Come on. Like, you think that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to destroy the Vikings for a second straight, uh, for the second time this year? They're looking to win their fourth straight against the Vikings. They'll do it with ease. New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Come on, New England. We're waiting for you. Uh... The Bills haven't been playing great the last three games. But Josh Allen and company will get it done. They beat the Bills. The Jets are 19.5 point underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. 0-7 Jets at the 6-1 Chiefs. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. I'm I'm giving the points. The Chiefs are going to win by more than that. They're going to win by at least 24. At least 21, 24 points. They, They cover the spread. 
Le'Veon Bell, big game against. Uh, it's a revenge game against his team. He gets the win. Chiefs get the win. Keep the Jets winless. Three and three Raiders at the five and two Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. The Raiders are better than three and three, and the Browns have struggled with good teams. Uh, just look at what's going on against the Steelers and the Ravens. It's their first game without OBJ, so that's going to hurt them. But playing at home, I think the Browns get the job done. I like them to beat Las Vegas. Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Lions have won two in a row. Seem to be playing a lot better lately, but that Colts defense is so good. Curious to see what Phillip Rivers looks like, but we'll take the Colts to win narrowly against Detroit. 5-1 Titans at the 1-5-1 Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Cincinnati's rush defense is not that good. They just traded Carlos Dunlap to, Dunlap to the Seattle Seahawks. Derrick Henry going to run all over the Bengals. I like the, the Titans big in this one. The L.A. Rams at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Tua's debut. Just talked to Charlie about Tua time in Miami. The Rams, short week. Early kickoff, mm, I smell something potentially brewing here, but their defense is good. I like the Rams to beat the Dolphins narrowly. Game of the day is in Baltimore, where the 6-0, the only undefeated team in the NFL, the Steelers, battle the 5-1 Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Their pass game hasn't been great. The Steelers' defense is good, but we'll take the Ravens to beat the Steelers because I just don't quite trust Pittsburgh yet. Two and four charges at two and four Broncos, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I don't know if I trust the Chargers to be a better team than the Broncos, but I like Justin Herbert more than Drew Locke. I'll take the Chargers to get this job, to get this one done. New Orleans Saints at the Chicago Bears, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Bears are overrated. The Saints might not be that good, but they're better than the Bears taking the Saints on the road. San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. 49ers with a lot of injuries, but that Seahawks defense is so terrible. But Russell Wilson looking forward to bouncing back after that three-interception performance against the Cardinals. I like the Seahawks to win this one. Why this game is still in prime time, I do not know. Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Why would you take the Cowboys right now? There, there's no reason to. Eagles win this one easily. And then Monday Night Football, 5-2 Buccaneers at the 1-6 New York Giants, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Bucks are playing well right now. The Giants are competitive, but not quite good enough. Bucks win this one easily. And those are your picks for week eight. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com on our Football Friday post. I uh, want to thank Travis, as always, and Charlie for joining me uh, to talk uh, football, World Series, everything else going on. Reminder that next week we are going to do a slightly different show, a slightly different podcast. So if you're not into the politics side of things, just Feel free to, to move, uh, to wait for a couple weeks, but we're going to try something different. Um, don't know how it's going to go, but again, I've been thinking about doing a, a renaming, a rebranding here of the of the podcast because we do venture off a little bit outside of sports. Um, so we're going to look look to that, 
But next week, we will be talking about the election and a lot more. So just heads up on that. Uh, you can find us on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Travis Krins at Travis Krins, Charlie Hildebrand at CE Hildebrand. And on Facebook, Nathan Stack and the link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Thank you to you, as always, for listening to the Sports Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week. It's a shorter one. We'll see what next week brings as well. So before then, enjoy all the, the football action this weekend. Happy Halloween. Stay safe. Wear a mask. It's a This is the, the holiday to wear a mask. So wear a mask. Stay safe. And we'll chat with you again next week. Nathan Sackton saying thank you for listening. We hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.